0: Grace to you in peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It doesn't happen too often in the lectionary readings, but it is notable whenever we see a continuation of a narrative. Last week in 1 Kings 17, we read of the widow of Zarephath. And today, we see her and her son again remind everyone of where we've been and what leads up to the events. There has been a successive reign of ungodly and idolatrous kings in Israel. And the people have followed suit. And in response to this growing idolatry to call the people to repentance it was fitting to God that there should be a drought over all the land. A total shutting up of the heavens, a total restraint of the blessing of daily bread. So when Elijah, fleeing from the unjust king, finds himself in this woman's company, she is ready to die. She has already seen months, not years, of hardship. She has to her name nothing but this son of hers and a jar of flour with a little vial of oil. It is her expectation that she and her son are going to die quite soon. And all she desires is to take that small morsel that she has to make one final meal for her beloved son, and then to join him in death. So how marvelous must it have been when Elijah came to her and through the gracious working of the Lord through him that oil and the flour did not deplete while he stayed with them. An answer to their prayers had been fulfilled. They had food. They had bread. They had what so many were lacking. And for that woman, there must have been such great joy in her heart as she thinks that now she and her son can live. That neither of them needs to die. That they will have plenty. Only for him to suddenly take ill. For him to die. For the very thing which she feared greatest to come to pass. And how understandable is her anger at this situation. The words that she says to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. How greatly her anger, her sadness, her sorrow took over her. We might well understand. She had been prepared to die with her son. And maybe, in some ways, that would have been preferable to what she now had to go through. For at least, if Elijah had never come, if that vial of oil and that jar of flour had been all that they had, then at least she could have had one final meal with her son and then died with him. They would have been together in death. But now she has to go on without the person who matters most to her. It would seem as if it were better that Elijah had never been there at all. Her vexation and her anger, it's understandable because we see it so often. We see it in those we love who have lost their loved ones. The anger and bitterness that comes with loss, the feeling of abandonment by God when the person who matters most to us has been taken away. We see that same anger in ourselves when we think of those whom we've lost. The pain, the grief, it is unimaginable. It is all consuming. And with each loss, that wound is opened as freshly as the first time. Whether it's a child we've lost, a parent we've lost, a friend or a spouse, their loss leaves behind an uncalculable wound on our soul. It leaves us with grief that we don't even know how to begin to process. And we're left with what maybe is at the heart of this woman's accusation. A question of why. Why, Elijah, why did my son have to die? Was it because of my sin? If it was because of my sin, then why could not I have been the one to die? Why did he have to be the one? Why did his life have to be cut short when I have already lived long enough? The same questions are on the lips of everyone who has lost someone. Why did my beloved spouse have to die so soon? Why was this child whom we, my wife and I, long waited for taken from us so soon? Why did my friend who brought such great comfort and joy to me in times of need, why did he have to die? Why am I the one left behind, God? And what am I to do with this gnawing grief? With this pain that I cannot be rid of? With this hole in me that can be filled by nothing else? Why? Elijah doesn't have any whys for her. I suppose he could have. He could have talked about sin being the result or death being the result of sin, the wage due to all those who have transgressed the law of God. And he could have easily made the case that, no, your son did not die because of your sin. He died because of his own. That this is the lot that man is subject to in this fallen creation. That because of the transgression of Adam, and indeed because of our own transgression, we have forfeited a right to eternal life. We have forfeited the good gift that God gave us in our creation, rejected the righteousness which he called us to, and therefore our lot is death. He could have said that. And indeed, he would have been right. All of those things are true. But sometimes the truth isn't particularly helpful and the fact of the matter is answering the why never brings us what we are really looking for even if we should be able to answer all of the questions in our minds with great and certain sufficiency Even if every I should be dotted and every T crossed, every loose end tied up, it still would not bring us what we really want. The why isn't really the issue. What we really are asking for is comfort, is hope. It's not answer these questions so that I will be satisfied with this death, but it is tell me how, in the face of this death, I can go on. Is this my lot too? Is this all that I have to look forward to? Are we here for a moment and then gone in an instant? Is the grave the end for my son, my wife? my friend, for me? Or is there something that I can hope in? Is there something that can give me peace in the midst of all of this death? Is there anything, anything at all that can overcome the sting of death? And for that... Elijah does have an answer. It is the resurrection which brings us hope and comfort that all of our questions and all of our whys can never be satisfied with. At the end of the day, what matters is that God desires life for his creation. That God desires that those who have fallen astray into sin and death be brought to repentance and forgiveness and be sustained with His life. And that He gives this life through His word. That Elijah's prayer was heard by God because God had compassion for this woman, had compassion for her son, has compassion for all who are suffering under the weight of sin and death. That is God's answer for us. An answer which he has given with the greatest finality in the person of his own son. The one whom Elijah faintly prefigured For as Elijah brought to life the widow of Zarephath's son, so too Christ, of his own word and of his own compassion, brought forth the son of the woman of Nain. For indeed, God has placed life and death, the power of forgiveness and resurrection, into the hands of his own son, who by his own death, and by his own resurrection has demonstrated to us with fullness and surety what is to be the destination of those who are in him. Christ has shown you what your fate is in him, what the fate of your loved ones is in him. And it is not a grave. It is not death and nothing else. It is not grief with no answer. It is not pain with no hope of joy. But it is life. It is righteousness. It is the sure promise of God's love and the knowledge that we will be with him for eternity that we live in him, and that we even die in this life in him, in the knowledge that in baptism we have already died. And that as we died with Christ in baptism, so too, day by day, and at the last day, in baptism we shall rise with Christ, as we daily rise with him even now. life is christ's design life is his goal and life is his gift a gift given to us now under meager forms such as words on a page or water in a bowl bread and wine in our mouths. Through these, Christ is bestowing upon us the life which we need to have confidence and certainty in the face of death, both our own and in the death of others. For through these, Christ reaffirms his promise to us that his resurrection is ours. That our deaths have been sanctified. That death is, in fact, no longer the great enemy it once was. No longer the all-consuming jaws from which man can never come back. Rather, as our hymn says, it is the portal through which we will enter into his joy. It is a temporary sleep for our bodies... It is a holy and blessed thing for a Christian to die. For he dies in the knowledge and in the security that his life remains with Christ. And that the temporariness of death will one day give give way to the eternal life which Christ has bestowed on him. And this is your destiny too. It is what Christ would have you live in and what he would have you die in. He would have you live in the knowledge that you will always live and die in the knowledge that you shall not die forever. But that as you are in him and as he lives and reigns to eternity, so too you shall live and reign with him in his kingdom. And I know... Sometimes that doesn't really help the grief of now. Sometimes it's still hard to look past the body in the room. Hard to look past the loss that we are currently suffering from. And that's okay. Christ can handle our grief. He can handle our anger. He can handle our tears. Because he has come to put these things away from us. And in the end, Christ's compassion is greater even than our frustrations. That as much as we suffer and travail in this life, Christ is all the more dedicated to bring us through this veil of tears and to bring you into his kingdom where you will know nothing but joy and where those whom you have lost in him will know nothing with joy. For truly, we have lost no one. They are not gone. They are not lost to the ebb and flow of life. But they are in Christ's hand, as we are. And as we await the resurrection of our bodies, we also wait in the confidence that those whom we love who have died in the faith will also be raised unto life everlasting. And that we, and they, will one day stand before Christ together, forever free from death and its tyranny, forever free from sin and its sting, but perpetually in the grace of Christ and knowing nothing but his life and his love.